Hi, good morning. Uh, welcome back to the Blue Citron podcast. And uh, a lot has happened recently globally, of course. And of course, within the stratosphere of the energy world, Nigeria's had you know, her fair share from the passing of the Petroleum Industry Act to the oil price crash, and then uh, oil price going up again due to the Russia-Ukraine war. And to my best, uh, should I say to my knowledge or to my thoughts, I believe you know this is some sort of opportunity for African producing countries. But the question is, are they taking up the opportunity though? Now that the oil price has gone up, you know, how much of activities is going on? Are they looking to uh, uh, sell, you know, some of these products, well, the oil products to countries that had been relying on Russia, for example? Well, today I've got my friend and an expert uh, in the oil and gas space uh, in Nigeria, especially nonetheless, of course, global. Francis Enakele, and he's the founder of Today Tomorrow Energy. So, without further ado, welcome you back again to the Blue Citron Podcast. And we have Francis. Francis, good morning. Good morning, Bingham. Thank you for having me. And hello to everyone. Great. So, as I just mentioned, a lot has been happening within the uh, energy stratosphere. So, let's start with the PIA, the Petroleum Industry Act in Nigeria. So far, has there been any positive impact, you know, on the Nigerian people at the end of the day, knowing fully well that oil is the main uh, uh, revenue source for the country, for the government at least. And uh, we do also know that Nigeria is actually more of a gas country, but it's not something that is really necessarily, uh, that had been talked about, but of course, that's something that has been in discourse recently. So what's your view on the PIA, Francis? Okay, all right, thank you so much for having me again, Bingo. Um, yes, oil and gas have had its merits and obviously merits in the Nigerian oil and gas, uh, the Nigerian economy in general. Um, the PIA has been in the works for plenty of years and finally was passed in 2021. Prior to that, um, recent information by that stated that um, Nigeria lost about say 15 billion annually due to delays and passing of the PIA. So we're indeed really happy that the PIA has been passed because right now the uncertainty surrounding the Nigerian oil and gas industry that deterred um, foreign direct investment or more investment to be pumped into the industry has been somewhat reduced and people like now understand that there is a structure, not just a structure that surrounds oil, oil that's crude itself, but a structure that surrounds gas and Nigeria's um, movement towards uh, energy transition with a decade of gas in the red. So to answer the question, yes, um, there has been some impact, right? But right now we passed to the PIA last year, we expect um, the fruits of that to come in the nearest future, say in the next like, three to seven years, hopefully that if the government continues in, in its present momentum and is dedicated to hold fast to it. Yeah, interesting. Let's see how that, also let's see how that plays out, really. Um, keeping our fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> keeping our fingers crossed, yes. 
so, in this class because Nigeria has a lot to offer in the African mm-hmm. space and not just only the African space in the yeah. international market. Yeah. So um, making positive steps like this, uh, the PIA, the decade of gas, uh, the Nigerian commercialization program that takes advantage of trying to monetize the play gas. Um, those are positive steps. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. Mm-hmm. So these are positive steps that have been taken. So hopefully it pays up in the short to long term. Um, let's see how it works, basically, and see how Nigeria can position itself. So when opportunities like um, um, the, it, what's happening is in Europe appears, Nigeria is fairly positioned to take advantage or lend or support or something. Okay. 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 Cool. Um. You know, just before the pandemic, there was a lot of conversation around energy transition. And of course, with Africa being advised to gear up on the eventual you know, reality of things. Um, and then pandemic happened, you know, and um, now things are back to normal, as I say, and the conversation around energy transition is back. There's this rhetoric amongst people within the continent about why don't we just use our own uh, energy sources to industrialize. And there's also the West saying, you need to join us on the clean agenda, you know, and um, basically a, a sort of leapfrog should happen. No need for you to overdevelop your, your hydrocarbons, just, you know, go on to the clean energy space, pick up hydrogen, you know, there's abundance of sun, so solar, get that working. Obviously, and of course, some countries are already on that. They've been on that for years. Kenya, South Africa even. Uh, uh, top of my head, Senegal. Senegal, I know, has been using quite a number of renewable resources. And so many other countries. But, of course, it, it, seems, it, it seems sexier now to get onto the whole energy transition um, trajectory. So... You think this is working for Africa or you think it's going to work for Africa? Your thoughts on that, Francis? Okay. Um, there's no doubt that the world is facing an unprecedented energy crisis. However, um, Africa right now is in desperate need of energy, based on energy insecurity. Um, we can see that um, urban population will increase rapidly in the next couple of the next few years by 2040, uh, so many uh, information doubled by 2040, right? Um, right now in Sub-Saharan Africa, 65% of people lack access to electricity, right? Mm-hmm. And about 900 million people uh, lack access to clean cooking, right? Now that has already set the precedent, right? Um, I do believe the world needs to transition However, the world doesn't need to transition to clean energy or clean energy at the same time or at the same pace. Now, um, Africa has its own distinct energy mix that has to evolve and be created to meet its needs, right? Mm -hmm. After that has met its needs, it can now transition firmly, right, towards uh, cleaner energy. And that is what um, recently um, the energy, the African Energy Week uh, in South Africa in 2021 um, spoke firmly about that, that Africa needs to make use of gas now. And that is what Nigeria is, is, is trying to do 
with a decade of gas, with its commercialization program to monetize lead gas, right? So Africa, yes, it's it's working towards it, but it hasn't it doesn't have to be on the same timeline with the West. The West is already a developed nation. Africa, a developed continent rather. Mm -hmm. Africa needs to oil and gas to develop itself to a particular level, right? Bearing in mind net zero, right? So that when that time comes that Africa is firmly developed and now ready to make that energy transition fully, it takes advantage of it. So what I'm saying is that, yes, I'm a believer of the energy transition story. However, I believe Africa needs to charter its own course to cleaner energy. It doesn't have to be at the pace of the Western nations or any other uh, or any or any other um, continent that thinks that's great. That's that's my own personal opinion. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I I do agree with you. Um, right now, even uh, Africa emits only two point five percent of the global emission, of which half of that comes from South right. Africa, a single country. You know, so. Uh-huh. It's already on, I'll say, net zero, I would say. Of course, yes, there's still that minute you know, amount there, but it, it is already there. But of course, when it comes to also using, um, uh, when it comes to uh, 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 developing and improving uh, and industrializing, using its resources, using oil and gas, you know, we also have to be aware of the potential impacts that would also cause with their mission. So definitely there has to be, you know, a balance, you know, to work hand in hand in terms of, you know, the carbon capture and so on and so forth, whilst, you know, producing and consuming uh, 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 this um, hydrocarbons. Now that said, um, I agree with you being a believer uh, in energy transition, but of course we cannot be at the same pace with the West because of course the West is already industrialized, isn't it? But also, the West is, oh, please correct me, I may be wrong. There's, there's a barrier to financing oil and gas projects in Africa. Does this then mean this oil and gas project should be financed internally? I want to believe the resource or, well, the funds or the, the money is there internally. When I say internally, I mean within Africans themselves, you know, African banks. Do we necessarily need to start looking to you know, Western institution to finance projects in Africa, knowing fully well there's been a cap to, you know, financing projects in Africa. I, I hope you got that because uh, you went off for a split second. <laughs> yes, I got that. Just to add to what you, you said, um, yes, and the good part is that Africa is already chattering its course. Really after, really after that African Continental Free Trade Agreement um, get to encourage inter-trade within the African countries, right? Industrialization, there's a need for industrialization. And following the Africa Agenda 2063 um, strategy framework that sets the transform Africa into a global powerhouse of the future, right? So Africa is yet towards cleaner energy, but first Africa, more or less need to take care of Africa. We have our mm-hmm. own pressing needs. Mm-hmm. Um, Africa has about say 800 TCF of gas. So there's no reason we cannot use gas, right? That's, that's abundant resource to transform Africa, 
right? While at the same time taking care of or, or rather ensuring that we are making the transition. It has to be a, a, a plan, right? Mm -hmm. That takes into consideration Africa's development first, right? Um, because like you rightly said, Africa is contributing about 62.5%, right? So in terms of the net, uh, net zero, metric carbon and the rest, uh, we're, we're contributing quite, quite a low number, right? Mm -hmm. So Africa really needs to take care of itself right now with the trust it needs it has energy insecurity, power, fuel consumptions, and the rest. So I see reason for that, and uh, I'm, I'm working towards that direction. Mm. Interesting. So you talk about energy security, power, and so on and so forth. I'm going to touch up on that, but before I do, I wanted to quickly pivot into what's going on in Nigeria at the moment, what has been going on fairly, you know, recently with, you know, the divestments with the companies living onshore you know, activities, living the onshore fields and either completely leaving the country or going so deep offshore, or they're already offshore anyway, but just selling off their onshore, you know, fields. So what's sure, your I thoughts say. on that with what's going on recently? Okay, um, I have mixed feelings um, uh, on that really. Um, the divestment by the IOC started somewhat about stage 10. Mm -hmm. And um, we have about, say, five IOCs that contribute in 45% of our crude production and 40% of our gas production, right? Now, um, these IOCs since 2010 have been diversifying their onshore portfolio and focusing on offshore, right, um, stating climate change um, and um, climate energy transition right, as, a, as, as, as responsible for that, right? Yeah. Yes, I hear that and that's quite good, right? However, it makes me also ask myself if the onshore assets were actually commercially viable, right, and form a strategic um, accord to their portfolio, would they be diversifying it right now? So that's a mixed feeling I have, right? And I, I, I posted something about this on LinkedIn and I've been engaging other in, in other stakeholders, other industry. Like I saw like that. Stuff, yeah. Like to better understand. Better understand. Because uh, it started off with um, Nigeria being um, uh, crude oil and gas, the oil and gas sector being started off with being uh, a stubborn child grew into a star, then a cash cow, but all of a sudden it's now becoming a dog. Arguably, I use the word arguably a god, <laughs> right? Yeah. That the onshore assets, because certain factors have, have, uh, are influencing the key drivers for certain factors are influencing um, the key drivers for success, right? Mm -hmm. That is making assets commercially unviable for the international oil and gas companies, right? But then again, people see that as, a, as, a, as an opportunity. Well, it is an opportunity for um, localization for Nigerian oil and gas companies to step up acquire these assets. However, if the IOCs are unable to deal with the factors that has forced them like, to diversify these assets or make these assets unattractive um, to them, are the indigenous oil and gas companies, would they fare any better, right? And the reason I ask that question now is it's been 10 years since most since this diversification started with Shell, then um, ExxonMobil recently, Exxon Mobil recently um, 
uh, trying to diversify with the purchase, uh, with the plant purchase or on, ongoing purchase by surplus. Now you have total, right? So it's been 10 years since the ISSI diversified. Um, at the oil and gas engine, oil and gas not been spread better, yes. But with this current level of insecurity, um, uh, making an already stressed business environment more difficult, how will the indigenous companies cope? So that's where the mixed feelings happen. And it's just to put it out there for companies to plan better and strategize. So if they are looking at assets right now to acquire, they don't just think about the clue that can, they can get from it. They are thinking about the whole package and come up with a, a, a foolproof strategy, right? That can help them take advantage of the opportunities while mitigating the threats that are still very much present. Okay. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, I mean, great thinking there. And as you say, you know, these these are also your these are your feelings as well. And <clears throat> excuse me, I, I, I do agree with you. <clears throat> excuse me. Not sure why my throat is dry. <laughs> but yeah, so um it's it's uh, it's 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 been a conversation people have been having, you know, um, amongst uh, energy people or oil and gas people, I'll say, uh, from Nigeria, especially about especially the commercial uh, the commercial viability of this of, of this field, you know, this onshore field. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for your views on that. Now, let me go back to the energy poverty bits, as I mentioned. So. Oh, well, I, I didn't say it. I, I meant, uh, let me go back to the uh, energy security, but that takes me to the energy poverty bit. How do we end that in Africa? You know, is it going to come to an end or is it not? You know, because you mentioned energy security earlier and then I said, hang on, hold on to that. I'm going to come back to that. So. Sorry, please, can you repeat the question? Yes, yes. So. I was saying that I wanted to. Sorry, baby, could you please repeat the question? I... Yeah, can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah, okay. So I was saying that. Yes, I can. Uh -huh. So I was saying that back to the energy security that you mentioned. So this takes me to energy poverty, right? You know, you talk about energy security and also power accessibility. And this takes me to that, that space again, which is something. We've been talking about a lot of companies, a lot of institutions have been talking about it, and it is not a new topic. It's not a new discourse at all. Energy poverty, mm -hmm. that is obviously existing in the world, but Africa seems to take the cake of, you know, of it all. How mm -hmm. is this yes. going to be dealt with? How do we bring this to an end? I know some institutions are working on, oh, we need to end on energy poverty by 2030 and so on and so forth. 2030 is only eight years away. In fact, right now, it's probably less than eight years. It's looking more like seven years. Because we're already in May. 2023 is going to be here before we know it. So, you know, what are, we, what are we talking about and what are we doing to bring an end or at least working towards an end to energy poverty in, in Africa? Okay. I think the first thing Africa will need to do is Nigeria um, make me the Minister of Energy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, makes me the minister of energy. I think that's the first thing to do, right? Uh, but but jokes aside, I think um, Africa and Africans need to stop the lip service, mm. right? Um, be dedicated and committed, know and understand that there, there is a problem, 
and set smart goals, right? We come up with um, goals and lip service about what we will do, what we will do, but it has only been what we will do, right? Now, like I mentioned earlier, Africa needs to understand that it has its own distinct energy mix, mm-hmm. right? As on the stage, energy mix. And you don't, okay, we have different sources of energy from curve, from gas, from hydro, from, um, from solar and the rest. So Africa needs to know that, okay, certain areas need to make use of certain energy mix, right? And create a system that works. Right now, um, what Nigeria is doing with the, with the passage of the PIA, uh, Nigeria has about, say, 600 TCF of gas, right? Mm-hmm. And what Nigeria basically is trying to do, right, the journey so far, is take advantage of that gas by creating a framework, right? And creating pipelines, um, um, creating pipelines within Nigeria and also pipelines uh, outside Africa, right, or within Africa to other African nations, right? Uh, so that is what Nigeria is doing. So most African countries also need to follow suit, right, and make those same sort of similar investment that can take gas from where it, it, from where it's, it is to where it's needed, right? Um, with that said, I think Africa really needs to stop its, its lip service, right? And just yeah. come up, take advantage of what it has, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Africans are really suffering um, by, by the lip service and they need dedicated leaders that can feel, that feel the African pain and can do something about it. Um, Nigeria's commission uh, has approved the 27 projects um, the West African Gas Pipeline exists, um, the African Renaissance Pipeline project, the Trans-Sahara Pipeline that's taking Nigeria gas to Algeria. So investment is needed in, so similar investment is needed to take gas from gas-rich countries to where gas is needed to industrialize Africa. When Africa can come and become industrialized by investing in itself, that's uh, monetary investment and also investing in its people, I believe in the nearest future, energy insecurity will be reduced to the barest minimum and hopefully become a thing of the past. But Africa really needs to stop lip service and invest in itself, right, by making the right decisions and investing capital because capital is obviously required. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yes, capital, of course, is very important. And the lip service just needs to stop. I totally agree with you. Uh, thanks. And yes, we need to make you the Minister of Energy. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I have one, one, one key thing to ask you now. Today, okay, tomorrow, energy. What is the story? What is Today, Tomorrow, Energy Tales? What is it about? Okay, um, Today, Tomorrow, Energy um, is an independent oil, an independent management consultancy firm um, that was set up for two purposes. One, to tackle the energy challenges by uh, utilizing one of the resources that people obviously ignore, waste. So waste to energy, right? Um, secondly, was to tackle the fact that most people, you have rich, educational, educated, um, knowledgeable 
um, consultants around the world, right, retired or still in, in the work that really need, that are committed to giving back to Africa, right? Because today tomorrow energy is African focused, right? So this independent consultants come together and help mid-sized, small, small size companies to achieve their, their vision, their goals by providing business financial services, not restricted to the energy space, but to other industries too as well. And mm -hmm. finally, the last reason it was set up was basically to shape the future, right? Because today's energy, right, is tomorrow's future, right? And that's why it was set up. So it's an independent management consultancy firm that works with mid-size to small to mid-size companies achieve their objective, African focus, right, in providing business financial services, all in the purpose of shaping the future. Fantastic. And we really appreciate you for, for all that you guys do at uh, Today Tomorrow Energy. It's quite interesting what you guys are what you guys are up to. And that's seen one of the work that you've done uh, in Cape Town. I think uh, you had worked with a, uh, a gas company, uh, a Nigerian gas company, you know, and uh, we we saw we saw the reports and everything that you did for them. So, <clears throat> congratulations on that. Thank you. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal, you know, Africa, Africa for Africa, Africa for Africans or Africans for Africa. Either way, you know, we just have to make things work. At the end of the day, very important. Exactly. So yeah, very well, important. Francis. Yeah, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. There's so much we could talk about ah, when it comes to energy, yeah, especially in Africa and then Nigeria. It's just, there's so much we, you know, we could definitely uh, touch up on. And uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I hope, you know, our listeners have enjoyed it as well. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Francis. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, Bingo. Uh, I, I hope this was good. And if there are further questions or if there are more um, highlights or something to gist about, please do let me know uh, where Absolutely. we're going to be yeah. some more. Absolutely. Okay. We'll, be, we'll, we'll be seeing what, you know, comments people would be leaving and, you know, questions that people will be asking and definitely, okay. we'll definitely, you know, come back and address that for sure. Thank you so much. So a big thanks Lovely. to our listeners. And until next time, it's Bim from Blue Citron. Do enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you and take care. Bye now. Thanks, everyone. Bye.